Right on radio. Right on radio. And welcome to this very special Sunday edition of Right On Radio. This is episode number 42, and we feature a letter by Vigano. If you'll remember correctly, I did an episode on Vigano in episode 4. But this one, Vigano strikes again, and he has written a letter about Pope and the gay lobby in the Vatican. Intentional ambiguity. And we have a special guest who's a member of Jesse's team. Her name is Reggie, and she's coming on the program, but it was her very first time doing a radio program of any kind, and the very first question I asked her, she's afraid she got it a little bit mixed up, so she sent an email in a bit of a panic. Listen, it was her first time. She knows she's being recorded. It happens to us all particularly when you're speaking out loud, but she immediately sent this at the end of the broadcast. So I'm going to read it before and then you can hear the answer a little bit later on. But basically I asked her what the Holy See is and and she says here in her note to me, is basically the government part of the Catholic Church led by the Pope and it includes all of his prelates and under him governing out of the Roman diocese. What she did give me the definition of instead was the magisterium. So check it out, listen to it, and uh, and just wanted to clear up that very, very small matter. But listen, because this is a Sunday show, I have something very, very special to give to you at the end of this broadcast. So right at the very end, after we finish the interview, I want you to stick around for a couple more minutes and just, uh, well, let me just say, enjoy. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. And welcome back to Right On Radio. We have a very special Sunday edition show. It's, in fact, our very first one. And we're doing it on a Sunday because we are talking about things of the spirit. We're talking about the church. There's some amazing news. And if you're, if anyone has gone back in the archives of the Right On Radio broadcast on episode four, I actually did an episode featuring Vigano's letter. And Vigano wrote this amazing letter to the President of the United States, and it showed the depth of understanding that he knows what's going on in not only the deep state, but in the deep church. Of course, my name is Jeff, and I'm here with... Jesse. Jesse is here as always, and she is our spiritual guru to guide us in the ways of the light today but she's not the only one that's here we have a really great guest today in fact she is on the team for illuminate the darkness which again is jesse's website you do need to go there and go there frequently because it's constantly being updated and yes you can support the ministry through that outlet as well the website again is www.illuminatethedarkness.com and the person that's coming on today is a partner in that but not only is she a partner she is actually part of the task force she is a former police officer she is married to a veteran she's a proud mother she has been studying the catholic church for a very long time and she even has a bigger role to play with illuminate the darkness because she is a decoder and a professional investigator. Her name is Reggie, and but before I bring her on, I want to ask Jesse to continue the introduction with a very special announcement. Yeah, so we Illuminate is excited to announce that in the month of November, we are going to be starting a survivor support task group, and Reggie's going to be the person heading that up. 
And what we're going to be doing is providing um, individuals who can give one-on-one -on -one support on a weekly basis uh, to survivors or individuals um, who've had some sort of trauma that just needs somebody to talk to, um, need a mentor or someone to come alongside of them and um, encourage them as they walk through the hard process of working through memories and um, getting their feet on the ground. So we're excited. To, we'll be starting that this November. And Jesse, when you do things in the Lord, can something that's been horrible be turned to good? Absolutely. Um, I would say 90% of our group who are going to be working under Reggie are all individuals. They're all survivors who have gone through the process, um, you know, working through their trauma. And, um, you know, all of them have come to that place of healing and are able now mm -hmm. to extend that healing to help others. Well, and with that being said, I'm going to give it a big Sunday. Hallelujah! <laughs> now, notice how I separate the yah. Just think about that. Hallelujah! <laughs> and without further ado, after a big hallelujah, Reggie, welcome to Right on Radio. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jesse, for having me on. I'm honored and humbled. <laughs> um, that was like you gave me more, you know, uh, platform of who I am than I would have given myself, but thank you very much. Um, um, what, where, where do we want to start, Jeff? What do we? Well, let's start about who Vigano is. And as I've understood, he's been in hiding for a couple years. Do you have any background on that? Well, he was the, um, I'm sorry, I had the notes here that I was going to go over a bunch of stuff, so I, forgive me for being. So uh, Archbishop Bagano was the um, the Roman, um, basically like the Roman, uh, Jesse even tongue-tied, consulate, uh, the representative of Rome for America. So he was the key person, the key bishop who broke open the, uh, uh, the homosexuality and the pedophilia in the church, and it started with McCarrick. So after that, he, well, I think he went into hiding before it actually broke loose. He knew he knew what the repercussions would be, and it's very evident because he's still in hiding today, and that was two years ago. So um, I know he's been in contact with President Trump, and most recently, he, um, he wrote a wonderful letter in response to Francis's public statement as the Pope. And, and that's the, what we want to focus on today, is this second, well, I guess it's probably his third letter as of recent, but this this one really stands out because the the Catholic faith, and I guess there's different sects of it, is really at odds with the Pope, or what do they call him, the Holy See? Why do they call him the Holy See? Well, the Holy See is a collective um, hierarchy. So the Pope is just the the head, the vicar of Rome. He's the, he's the head bishop of Rome, but in the Catholic Church, they believe, we believe that he's the head of the bishops in totality. So um, the Holy See is basically the totality of the bishops collectively when they get together. And it, it doesn't include the cardinals because cardinals is an office. Um, a cardinal can be a, a priest, a cardinal can, it's they're appointed by the Pope. So the Holy See is collectively the hierarchy of the church, the bishops. Oh, that's good because I don't know a lot about the you know hierarchy of the of the Catholic Church or anything like that. But to, so it, what so what it isn't is the magic circle. <laughs> no, it's not the magic circle. <laughs> All right, so well, but, tell tell us about this letter that that he that he wrote, and it's very long. Normally, I would read it, but it's quite long. Uh, we yeah. can do a general synopsis of it, and uh, and then we'll discuss from there. Well, basically, it's his. It's it's a bishop's job to lead the 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 the, the, the chief. Okay, and um, you see uh, a greater part of the bishops misleading. Many of them are outright heretics. Many of them are supporters of homosexuality. So Archbishop Vagano has spoken publicly as he's supposed to, 
in regards to the teachings, the orthodox teachings handed down from the beginning to the church. And he, because he, he is obligated to speak truth. Um, Francis spoke recently. He was quoted to uh, support public union laws of homosexuality and same-sex marriages, which is absolutely absurd. It's, it's anti-Christian. It's anti-scriptural. It, it's, it's heretical. So um, he spoke out. Go ahead. How does that play into um, marriage being one of the seven sacraments of the church? Yeah, yeah, it's a sacrament established in the beginning through uh, the blessing of God. The sacraments, we receive grace through the sacraments. So Catholics, practicing Catholics, Catholics know that, you know, in order for it to be a true marriage, it has to be, um, you know, done in the church with the presence of the witnesses and the priest. And there has to be a special blessing. And it's in the Roman Catholic Church, it's the exchange of the vows between the man and the woman. But in the Eastern Church, the priest has to be the one that confects the sacrament. But basically, it, it, it goes against all the teachings of the church handed down. This is all new. The, it is just publicly coming out more and more. It's, it's absolutely foul. It goes back to the laws of Noah. It goes back to the laws of the commandments of Moses. It, it doesn't even make sense. It's I, I, I am, I'm, we're all so are they promoting a marriage or a civil union? Well, civil union right now, but that's how, these are how these modernists in the church work. It's just little bit by little bit, you know, they, they strip away, they desensitize Catholics that have held these beliefs for so long. So if it starts with a civil union and we recognize that we're publicly sinning, we are not allowed to say, yes, you can live together, it's okay, and the Pope gives his blessing, and us Catholics give our blessing to that. Because he's basically saying they're part of the family and we shouldn't persecute them. That's No, we're not supposed to outwardly persecute them, but we're not to publicly show that we condone it. Right. So, so before, um, how it was viewed was that a civil union basically was a man and woman who were living in sin possibly if they were sexually engaged and so you know what the pope is doing is condoning that they're now saying that's okay when all these generations you know um it you know the relationship between a man and woman has been wait until you're married before god and then live together in in uh, in that um state of you know, marriage where you're supported, you're being intimate, you're starting a family, things like that. Well, yeah, so, because the natural law of God, obviously, the natural law of God is man and woman, Adam and Eve. The church has always held that. Um, obviously, Sodom and Gomorrah was, that was one of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. That was one of the reasons that the Lord flooded the earth. It doesn't work because the first purpose of marriage is procreation. So does the civil union thing, does it, does it include both man and woman and homosexual, or is it primarily aimed at homosexual civil unions? It's aimed at homosexual civil unions. Francis already covered the whole living in sin, you know, um, the basically a man and woman living uh, cohabitating together. He covered that one in the beginning of his pontificus, uh, pontificus pontificacy i can't even say it right now but he already covered that one and that was an uproar that was a really big thing with the 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 church um a lot well a few of the bishops were speaking out saying we can't even condone that but he was saying yes we can so he's little by little feeding the catholics um these absurd beliefs that are they're anti-catholic they're anti-christian so just for the listening audience, I, I want to put in just a bit of clarity here. Um, you know, a lot of people of faith, you know, don't necessarily condemn homosexuals. I think a lot of people of faith would say, hey, listen, these people are misguided, misdirected. Um, but, you know, the, the public discourse on this is why should they have less rights because they're born a certain way or whatever. And, and that's a that's a conversation we can have, and and I'd be glad to debate it with anyone. I've got some pretty strong opinions on it, but I think the problem 
here is if if politics decide elected officials decide to make it the law of the land you know that homosexuality is okay that uh, then then that's politicians and they're held accountable because there is supposed to be a certain separation of church and state at least in a democracy they're supposed to be but this is different because it's coming from the church the church really should just stick to what the bible says and so that's what we're discussing here we're not sitting here condemning you if you're a homosexual by no means we're called to love thy neighbor and uh, we think you're lost and we'd love to work with you and uh, and help you to see at least a different point of view so was that fair for me to say reggie that you know it's really what we're talking about here is the position of the church and, and it's we're not taking the position of every single person in the church but taking the the church should not take this position because it goes against the bible well I, absolutely go ahead yeah and i think it goes higher too you know we're not really we're not talking at an individual level what we're talking about is the structure of the system of faith and you have the man who is the supposed me mediator between god and the church and he's promoting something that is not of god so how does that affect everything underneath that's happening you know at an individual level to people's faith so you know the the core of faith is really what's what we're discussing what's at stake here yeah i, I like you know everybody's personal preference is is beside the point you know i don't condemn homosexuals i i don't have that right only god does I know what I have to support, and that's the, that's my faith. My that's my Christian faith, and Catholics have always been promoters and defenders of life, the family, and national sovereignty. You know, it, it, a Christian sovereignty. It, it, it's just been that way. It's it's more. We're not even the hierarchy isn't even supposed to get involved in politics. This is all political now. This is all politics, and that's my point. Yeah. yeah, this is the first year even that the Holy See, you know, what they met with William Barr, they met with uh, Pompeo. Yep. Um, this is the first year that the Holy See has even really been on live public video, allowing people to see their inner chamber meeting with these pol politicians. So this is huge. There's been a very big shift. They've never been public like that before. You even have bishops that are promoting these Catholic groups, Catholic, Democrat Catholics. I mean, this is this is unheard of. This is just crazy. And the first purpose of the church and the hierarchy is to lead souls to God, not away from God. And they're promoting things that are against Christ, against the teachings of the church, against the long oral and biblical teachings of the Catholic Church. I don't, I, I do understand it, but I don't understand. What I don't understand is how Catholics are, are supporting Pope Francis in this. He's publicly speaking against the longstanding teachings of all Christians, biblical teachings. Yeah. Well, he's also publicly in the Red Shoes Club for those who know. I don't think, do people know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> We can't explain that right now today, but <laughs> let him go look it up. That's right. Yeah. People need to start thinking for themselves. And uh, that was a bombshell, folks. <laughs> so so with Pagano, uh, um, you know, he's got he's had to get involved in this political field just because he's had to allow, you know, put his voice out there to Trump or somebody who would listen because of all this stuff going on with the Holy See and uh, stuff coming down from the Pope. But why don't you talk like, let's get back and talk a little bit more about this third letter that he wrote. Yeah, did you have a cop? Did you read? Did you read it? I did. Yeah, I did as well. Maybe, um, Reggie, could you summarize that for everybody? Well, he basically is calling out um, Vaganos. He is stating that he is speaking against what the church has always taught. So now you have a bishop speaking to the Pope, which who is a bishop? The Pope is just a bishop. He is a bishop of Rome. 
but he is the way it is is he if they were to all together he would kind of head them there's always a hierarchy so you know and he's basically calling him out and he's trying to let other catholics know that he is speaking against what the churches always teach hot sorry and basically in a nutshell what that is is heresy mm -hmm. he's speaking heresy people are excommunicated from the church and also what Vagano was stating is he sees what's happening and what he thinks and what he states in that letter is it is purposely being done by Pope Francis in order to weed out the true faithful Catholics and the dissenters of where he's trying to take the church. So he also Vagano speaks of the shadow church, which tells me he knows that there's an infiltration in our church. There has been. There's been so many books and so many prelates for years and years and years that have been trying to warn the Catholic faithful that there has been an ongoing infiltration of Freemasonry. And their 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 goal was to work their way up in the ranks and get to the papacy and just basically take the keys of Peter and run that church where they needed it to go. And ultimately it was to usher in the Antichrist. They would be together with the one world church, have your one world religion. The Catholic church has always been, we are called the universal church because we've always been around, we're all over the world. We are one church and um, we Catholics believe that Christ founded that church. So if they, and you know, it's a big, it's a huge church. It's all over the world and we have a leader and that leader is now, what's he doing? He's slowly pulling, well, he's not slowly doing it anymore. <laughs> he's opened the floodgates. Right, it's, you said something I wanna go back to. Um, you stated that the the pope purposely did this to weed out the true christians who are working within the church so when you said that were you saying that he kind of was purposely doing this so they could then identify who the true people who were fighting them in their one world agenda were and be able to track those people well, I don't know so much track as what Vagano said, but he said he was he would it would give him a more clear of the church. Well, let's call him the shadow the shadow church a clearer uh, picture of who the dissenters are, who the true Catholics are, who the ones that are faithful to the long-standing teachings of the church, and that he would publicly start. I'm thinking he's going to start with those bishops, the few that there are, because most of them are in cahoots with the shadow. They are part of the shadow church in America. Most of our U.S. bishops are. Um, they, if anybody should speak out publicly, he will then start to excommunicate them. So what if people don't to be excommunicated from the church, the, the Catholic church is basically, you're going to receive the curses of Peter and Paul. You're, you're cut off from any grace. You can't receive sacraments. Basically, if you die excommunicated, you go to the eternal fires of hell. Because the reasons that they would excommunicate a Catholic is heresy, apostasy, which he himself is guilty of. Right. But we got to remember, for Catholics, this I'm not going to say that yes. Francis is not the Pope, because I am not a Sede Vacantis. Sede Vacantis is a big group of people who believe the chair is empty. Sede Vacante is an empty chair. I believe that the, Pope, the papacy is an office, and he is currently sitting in that chair, but he is not Catholic by any means. There is no possible way that a Catholic can say he's making mistakes. He he doesn't know his faith. He's he's invincibly ignorant. You don't take the highest seat of the, of the church by being invincibly ignorant or ignorant. He knows what he's doing. So if he can excommunicate the true Catholics from his shadow church, he's got a perfect shadow church. He's got all the followers, you know, and a lot of Catholics that are truly good, meaningful Catholics that want to worship Christ and receive the sacraments have been following in blind ignorance and obedience. But this has been a perfect plan for so long. They have slowly chipped away at the Catholic faith, dumbed down Catholics over the years, introduced doublespeak or they have a clever way the freemasons have a clever way of um ambiguously speaking so if a good intent catholic reads it he can read it to mean what it's supposed to mean but it also confuse people and he, they can slowly keep leading them into heresy yeah, you have double meaning yeah you know 
other Masons are going to understand that. Yes, death. exactly. And the voice of the church from centuries and past have always been clear and concise. There's always, that's why we spoke in, they say the Roman Catholic Church spoke in Latin because it means what it means. There is no other interpretation. We are not an evolving church. The truth of Christ is always, is and always will be. He doesn't change, he's immutable. So I, I just don't understand why many more Catholics aren't questioning what is going on with this Pope. Right. There, there's many that defend him. I'm not a persecutor of the church, I'm a defender of the faith. If the man's Amen. standing in the way, yeah. If there's men standing in the way, I'm going to call them out for what they are. I have been, I have been so attacked because I call them Luciferians because they do worship a yeah. different God. They do not worship the one triune God. Well, there's video. I mean, there's an Easter video of, you know, Benedict calling out Lucifer's name in, in the ceremony mass that was meant for Christ. But who really listens to that and who speaks Latin? <laughs> you know? Every, it's something everybody should listen to and should know because they've been sitting through these whole services thinking that, you know, they're worshiping Christ when in fact, you know, the people who are doing the services in Latin are doing this whole ritual and service to Lucifer with all these people involved and they don't even know it. Yeah. And, and look at the arena that was just built. You know, it's part partly owned by the Vatican. It goes on to uh, uh, off of their property a little bit too, but it's built in the form of a serpent. Yeah. And there's yeah. a huge serpent right on the altar. Like it, you know, this is in your face stuff that that they're doing right now. And but just staying on target with this particular topic here, one of the things that I found fascinating in Vagano's letter was, you know, he points out the true characteristic of and the agenda of the LGBTQ uh, movement. And this isn't the people on the on the ground, they're just being manipulated, kind of like the BLM people from people above them. But the whole agenda really is to destroy the family. And, you know, this is the and the destruction of the family ushers in the new world order. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, these are characteristics of the um the cabal yeah and they're right. bad baphomet and um well baphomet is the was a no gender god right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i mean it's it just people need to start opening their eyes and, and one of the things that i did want to bring up briefly and i don't need to go i have a lot of books that i've been studying for years i mean i have shelves and shelves of books that Catholics have trusted the church. I mean, they don't even read the Bible anymore. I don't know where Catholics stop reading the Bible, but our whole liturgy is from the Gospels. It's based on the Gospels. So all they have to do is start opening the Bible. We're actually requested to read 15 minutes of the Bible every day by Pope's previous past, you know, or past, not previous. And I... I uh, I don't understand this ignorance and I sometimes want to say it's like a curse. <laughs> it's like you've allowed your ears to, or you've allowed yourself to blindly follow a man. I mean, I get he's the Pope. I, I, I have respect for the office, but not who's sitting in it right now. I'll tell you that. But um, I was an ordinary day Catholic and I was a mom. And things just, I wasn't smart. I was brought up very liberal Catholic because um, my parents, they sent us to church. We were just told to go to church. We didn't, I didn't, nobody explained why. So it was a great holy priest when I, something just wasn't sitting right with me when I was a police officer. And I just kept searching for truth and praying for truth. And I met this wonderful holy priest and he formed me in the faith. And he said, always ask questions. And he placed so many seeds within me that I kept on and kept on. And every Catholic is obligated, I found out, to know our faith so that we're not led astray. But these Catholics, I see them just following in blind obedience because he's the Pope. That's not what obedience to the Pope means. Well, you're absolutely right. You need to read the scriptures for yourself. 
Yes. Uh, that is, you know, what we're commanded to do. And listen, for centuries, you know, most people weren't allowed to have a Bible. Uh, no. You know, this, yeah. this is kind of a new thing, you know, within the last century. So, but now I've had some run-ins with the Catholic Church. I won't give my personal story on this broadcast, but uh, let's just say, uh, to make it, you know, a short version, I was searching out God. I went to a Catholic church and came out very angry. <laughs> a lot of people do. A lot of people do, Jeff. A lot of people do. I mean, here I am Catholic. I am stuck between a rock and a hard place because our, we are supposed to bring people to the Catholic church because we believe that it is the true church founded by Christ through the apostles. It's apostolic. And so I told, you know, my husband and I have this discussion. Who do we ask them to come to anymore? Where are we? Where are we guiding them to? To this mess? You know? Do I say, hey, go to the Catholic Church down the road when I don't even know what that priest is teaching anymore because they're teaching different things. We're not universal. I can walk into many different churches and we're supposed to be able to offer the same mass. Or I'm sorry, yeah, offer the same mass. But I've seen liturgical abuses that are so unbelievable they're a mockery and a sacrilege we we have you know a specific way that we're supposed to make the bread there are photos people uh, priests offering liturgical masses where there's women on the altar dancing half naked or a dorito i saw a dorito mass you know they had doritos that they were supposed to, this is crazy <laughs> this is, i am not kidding I mean, every child, every child would be like, yes, this yes. is the best community. I was kind of saying that inside. <laughs> you know, <laughs> were they, <laughs> Sorry. Speaking, speaking from a Catholic perspective, we truly believe that transubstantiation starts on that altar or happens on that altar where the Holy Spirit, not the man, is given the power at the words of the consecration and that turns into the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So by going with that belief, why would you put a Dorito on the, the altar and Pepsi or, you know? Right, right. It is appalling. It is, uh, it makes me sick. So Catholics are just, you know, they're, they're loving it though. There are Catholics out there that are so liberal because they don't know the foundations of our faith. They're not formed in it and they're going along with it. It is totally a different faith anymore. And I don't know who to lead people to when I'm ministering. I just don't know. You know what, I'm going to take, so I have a lot of problems with the church. I think a lot of it is pharmaceutical. Uh, I don't understand where, you know, the Pope is in the Bible. I don't understand a lot of things about confessing your sins to a priest. There's a lot of questions that I have about that, but I, I don't want to attack the church. In fact, what I would like to say is I believe there's a huge movement inside of the Catholic Church. In fact, I've been seeing so many priests come out and 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 I want to make a, just a bit of a statement where I've always perceived the Catholic Church, and this is just my perception, my opinion, okay? doesn't mean it's right. But I've always perceived the Catholic Church as being religious. And religion is something that Jesus didn't like. And this was my understanding, okay? And that's where I made the, the Pharisee uh, comment, but what I've seen as of lately, I've been seeing a lot of Catholic priests coming out, and these are spirit-filled men. Yep. I think that, you know, where the enemy works abundant, God is working more abundantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's actually a prophecy. Um, I can't remember what saint it was, but it says, as the Antichrist starts to rear his ugly head, and you see people falling left and right into every error. God will raise up amazing, amazing spirit filled with the whole, you know, with the Holy Spirit saints that will speak truth boldly. And, and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in my church. I'm not saying it's not happening in the Protestant churches either, but I just speaking for, from the Catholic church. I, um, I know, well, you've got, was it church militant has ended? Do you guys know who church militant is with Michael Voris? Yeah, I yes. have been following him for so long, and I, you know, I was like, "Oh, this guy's gonna get it." Because I know the vortex, his history. right? The vortex, yeah. Yeah, on YouTube. So they're finding, the and you know, the, you'll you'll know your good priests. They're being persecuted by the bishops. 
So you have a movement of laity, the laity, the Catholic laity that are supporting these these very orthodox priests that are speaking out and they are they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're they're the voices that that people are the Catholics are following and I'm seeing it. You have Father Altman and um it's it's well, you know, there's another bishop um uh, Athanasius Snyder is his name. He's been pretty vocal. He's been quiet for a little while, but he's as, as bold as, uh, and um, he's not a coward uh, as Archbishop Vagano. So those two, uh, Cardinal Burke's been quiet for a while, but we have a few in the hierarchy that are speaking up. Not many, not many, because I think that so many years have gone by of infiltration that honestly, the majority of the hierarchy are uh, part of the Red Shoe Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though, it, 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 I, I think a lot of people just uh, to make a comparison, when a lot of people get into politics with the best of intentions, they get there, they realize, OK, this is so far gone. I'm better just to join the club. Yeah, and and that's what happens. And good people, you know, kind of do the wrong things because they go along with it. They don't see a way of fighting it. It takes a huge amount of courage like Vigano has and you know, the others you've mentioned to, to come out with this. So Jesse, what, th th this is a big topic and, you know, it's something I'd like to dive into a little bit more uh, with, you know, the Catholic church and talking about, because it is the biggest church in the world, but mm -hmm. Jesse, what can we do to help this situation? Because this is a, this is a lot of people that are being led down a path by the leader. Yeah. I, for me, I think, you know, it really starts two places. One, it starts with prayer and our own personal relationship with the Lord. Um, if you're not in the word, if you're not, you know, in communication with the Lord daily, you're not going to know when you're being led astray. And so for everyone in the church, whether you're Catholic or um, a different faith, you know, we are the body of Christ and, you know, it is our I don't want to use the word duty, but in a sense, you know, it is, yeah. it, it is our duty to be keepers of our relationship with the Lord. And from there, you know, we have the right then to speak into our brothers and sisters lives and we need to be speaking truth. We need to be standing with those who are being whistleblowers, who are standing against individuals that we know are not doing things that are good for the church or for um, others. And we have to think about it. You know, I always think about it in that family context or in the context of other people's families. You know, how is whatever is being done at the moment going to affect the children? Um, what things could the enemy use out of what is happening that down the road is going to affect the children. Um, you know, it, it's proven fact through psychology um, that children need a mother figure. They need a father figure. They need a relationship with God. And so, you know, as we look at these things, we have to ask, how is this affecting, you know, what the basic needs of children are. And um, so that's where I would encourage people, you know, we really, you know, the next step after we're looking at our own relationship with God and we're questioning these things and wrestling with them, we need to not be afraid to be a voice out there speaking to say, hey, you know, I'm Catholic. I don't agree with this. Um, I think this is really bad for the children. I think this is bad for the church. I think this is bad for individuals. Um, you know, and again, it's like, there's other ways that we can support people. We're not going against individuals here. We're, we're talking about the structure of the system. You know, there's other ways that we can support people who have a lifestyle, um, you know, that they've chosen. We're not stepping up against those people, but for the um, sake of the faith, you know, we have to stick with what scripture says. We have to keep promoting that. We can't allow those teachings of Christ to be tainted. Um, 
you know, they were given for a reason. And if we follow Christ, then that's what we need to be preaching is what Christ taught. And we cannot compromise or stray from that. And we can't allow the main structures that uphold the teaching of Christ to stray from that either. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Reggie, what do you, what do you think are the next steps here? Uh, what, what's next in the fight against this particular, uh, well, against what the Pope has, uh, has declared? I, I, I really think the Catholics, if they have an ounce of questioning in their heart, that the Holy Spirit, if you're prayerful and you have a um, union with the Lord, like, you know, that personal relationship, God is going to place a question on your heart. He's going to place something there within you that you're saying something's just not right. He's doing that because he wants you to seek out the truth. He's going to guide you to it. And for Catholics, I honestly always say you need to go back and learn your faith again. You need to hit the books and honestly go back to before Vatican II and start reading. Start from the fathers of the church because St. Paul, and I'm not really good at quoting scripture, but he said, if somebody should come to you and teach you something other than what we have taught you, you know, go back to the go back to what we have taught you because so with the Catholics, well, it's the apostles, it's scripture, but then you got the fathers of the church, the early Christians. You can't go wrong. You're, you're going to start understanding more and more how the church, the modernists and the liberals have changed what the faith has taught. If you just go back and start studying, it is our obligation to teach our children. So if parents aren't out there learning the faith, they can't pass it on to their children. So they're not getting enough instruction in a homily on a Sunday of 15 minutes. Sometimes Catholics are even complaining that that's too long. So what are you really learning? You know, so I really think it's the, well, I know it's the obligation. It is in our catechism that it is our obligation as baptized Catholics to know our faith, Amen. not sit around just going to church on Sunday and then head out to football. Is So I have a question though, beyond, beyond faith, beyond our personal lives and our home lives, how can Catholics get involved in supporting these bishops who, or priests who are in this fight against their hierarchy in the, in the church? I know that there's movements out there. I can't tell you right off the top of my head, some of them, I mean, I can look them up and give you a list, but I know that if they reach out and send an email to, um, there is a movement specifically for Father Altman and they're Catholics that are getting together and they're questioning what's going on. They're supporting another priest in Canada called, his name is Father Mark. Um, can't think of his name right now. Um, but he also, there are people that are supporting him because they're getting, these, these bishops are silencing them. And they're giving them the support that they need so they can speak out. Um, I know if people reach out to church militant uh, um um, Michael Voris will guide you to some of these support groups. He himself, I think, maybe has one as well. But there are there are ca true Catholics forming together and coming together in collectively to support true Catholic priests. And they need to start speaking out as well. Would it be possible to put up a little section on Illuminate the Darkness that highlights some of these places to go to? Some of the tools, some of the better websites and things like that? Yeah. You know, Jesse and I, we talked about that, having like yeah. a, just a section for like Catholics, because there are different faiths, you know, Protestant, but so we can have these sections where they can go under and, you know, search out these things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, I think so. Again, go to Illuminate the Darkness and listen, this is just brought up live on the show. It was put on the spot. It probably won't happen immediately, but you yeah. should go there and go there often. So I'm just gonna offer a couple closing thoughts here on this subject. And, you know, to anyone who is in that LGBTQ uh, community, well, you probably haven't listened to, this, to the, this far, you would have hung up already. So I'm gonna address this particular comment to other believers, other people in the faith, no matter if it's Catholic or, or whatever sect you belong to, we're all in the body of Christ. And what I would say to you about that uh, LGBTQ community is some words that were given to me. And their sin is no greater than your sin. Mm 
Father despises sin, but their sin is no greater than your sin. So don't look down upon these people. Look at them as children of God who have lost their way. And don't strike them with fire, stone, and grim, you know, with, with the wrath of hell. Because guess what? Again, their sin is no greater than your sin. Your sin is just covered right now. And if they get filled with the Holy Spirit, their life will change just like yours did. So be compassionate to these people. Be tolerant. Do not look down. And as far as the church goes, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, prophetic voices that I listen to. Uh, you know, some of them I just listen and I, you know, I, I say, okay, that's interesting. But there's been some prophecies as of late that I really believe are happening. And this would go towards the Catholic Church, towards some of the biggest super churches that are out there, particularly in the U.S. under these 501c3s. Um, that are actually controlled by the government, not by God, um, there's a shaking. And I believe that these churches, the parts that are not of God, are going to crumble down. And this is good news for people in the faith. Um, Jesse and I have talked off the air before about uh, the Acts Church, and I really firmly believe we're coming back to that. Any final words, Jesse or Reggie? Um, Jeff, just to, just to piggyback on what you were saying, cause you've been reading prophecy. I will let a lot of Catholics out there know that there was, there are several prophecies. One specifically La Salette, the Holy mother of God appeared and she, and they can read it. It, it states that Rome would become the seat of the antichrist. People need to read. <laughs> Or, or at least the seat of the witness. <laughs> you know, I'm not well, you know, sure how that's going to play out. But yeah, Antichrist, no. I, yeah, Antichrist doesn't mean the actual Antichrist. It could, it could, but it means it's anti-Christian. It's anti-Christ. You know, that we've had we've had many Antichrists. So yeah, runners. So, um, and well, I also want to leave this with um, this note. We didn't get into it, but I want people to do some research on who their Pope is and his past. Mm -hmm. That's very and I'm going to link this particular Vigano's letter in the description box of the podcast for everyone to read. But give it a few days to look for this specific section on Illuminate the Darkness. But in the meantime, go there because there's so much good, good stuff out there. If you want to educate yourself, this is one of the best truther websites literally in the world, in my opinion. Isn't that right, Jesse? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was a great ending. So, Well, thank you everyone for listening to Right On Radio. Please do like, share, and subscribe this podcast. One of the easiest ways to like it and to follow it is whatever link is we're broadcasting on a couple different systems, uh, whatever link it is, Instead of just listening to it in a browser, if you actually just scroll down on that post, you'll see you can download the app for free, and then you can actually comment and converse with us. It's easy to follow. You get notifications of new uh, episodes. You can skip forward. You can go back. There's all kinds of really great things to do. So, but really, the way this movement is working, and this is a movement, people. If you're listening to this broadcast, it's not by accident that you are here. So you are called to take action, and part of your action is to share this, unless you think it's apostasy. Unless you think we're doing damage, then, you know, uh, just, uh, well, send us uh, junk, send us hate mail, and I'll read it on air. <laughs> Actually, I should really read some of that nasty stuff more, but <laughs> it really doesn't bother me. I've been called worse by better, as I told people in the past. <laughs> I'm getting into trouble here. It's a good time to end it, but listen, Right after this quick break, I've got a really special treat for you, and I'm so pleased to have permission to share this. So hang on for another 30 seconds, and something great is going to come up. Thanks again for listening to Ride On Radio. Right on, right on, right on.
And now, as promised, I have something really, really special for you on this special Sunday edition of Right On Radio. There is a team member. She's on Jesse's team, but she helps out a lot in many ways, and she's definitely part of the Right On Radio family. Her name is Yvonne Rays, but she likes to go on by the name of V. So Yvonne V. Rays. And her website is V. Rays. That's R E Y E S music dot com. Now, why do I bring this up and why is it so special? Because she is a super talent. Listen, she does video production, she does graphic design, she does vocal coaching and that, but she's mainly a musician. I'm just going to read a small part of her bio for you, and then I'm going to play a song that I just picked off. It's a live track that she recorded at the Honda Center in front of a really large crowd, and uh, she had full band, just incredible, a really nice piece. You're going to Totally enjoy it. Let me just give you a brief part of her bio. Yvonne V. Reyes has been singing since she could talk. She wrote her first song when she was nine and performed it at the Paramount Theater in Denver, Colorado. She then took the stage as a teenager with her dad, who played the saxophone and flute in a local blues swing band. In her early 20s, she opened up for B.B. King. James Brown, ZZ Top, and Bad Company, to just name a few. And she toured with recording artist Johnny Lang. She has written and recorded music for the Vin Diesel films, as well as done vocal demos for songwriting legend Diane Warren. She now writes and records her own music and has two albums, Higher Calling in 2010 and Show Me Love in 2012, and two singles, Glory, and her latest is Oceans. Now, you definitely want to go check out her website. Her music is available. You can buy singles, you can buy albums, there's samples that you can listen to it, and you can hire her for other services. No, she has not asked me to do any of this. I actually asked if I could put one of her songs on here, and she graciously said yes. So I just pulled MP3 off of a YouTube track, but I love the track. So again, her website is vraysmusic.com, and the name of the track is I Believe. Can't be 
Right on radio. Right on radio.